You're listening to the North Peace Roundtable podcast, your weekly podcast about theology and the Christian life. Well, welcome to episode 73. I lied last week. Last week was episode 72, but I looked it up, and so you are officially listening to episode <laughs> 73. My name's Andrew. With me, as always, is Cameron. Good morning, everyone. Got him right when he took a sip of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and Corlin's here. Hello, hello. And uh, thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the podcast, we, we've been good. We've hit like a few weeks in a row. Yeah. I was going to say, we usually record about every week. We say we're the weekly podcast, but it's like the weekly-ish podcast. Yeah. So, uh, But if you are new, yeah, either we answer questions that people have sent in, or we have a, a topic, or sometimes we've done you know a, a tough passage of scripture and just kind of walk through it and what does it mean. And then we uh, like to react to different sermon clips, um, which we have today as well. And I was telling Corlin before, uh, Cam, you got here, I said, one uh, one episode, we should just do a full, let's just react to like 20 different clips. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> that would be good. So um, we're going to try and answer two questions uh, this morning. So uh, Corlin, I'm going to let you uh, bring up the first one about faith. All right. So the first question that we got, this one was sent in by one of our super fans. And so, <laughs> what? It's not funny, man. You got to respect the fans. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. How many episodes is it to become a super fan? You have to you have to listen to each episode twice, and then you're a super fan. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> no. That's concerning. No one's gonna do that. <laughs> Yeah, that's concerning. I've not listened to every episode that I've missed twice. <laughs> Continue. All right. So the question was, the gist of it was, if faith in Jesus is a gift from God, is not having faith in Jesus a curse from God? That's kind of like the bare bones of the question. Um, and it was sent in by someone who who was just curious, right? Um, we see lots about faith being a gift in scripture. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we would see, uh, a, maybe not a lot, but it does beg the question then if you are, uh, if you hold Calvinistic views and you are a part of the elect, are the other people just cursed to die and go to hell? What do you guys think? Uh, yes. All right. <laughs> Thanks All right. for tuning in. Question answered. Yeah. So, like, so Ephesians two. We'll just read a few of these. Um, By grace you've been saved and raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places. And talking about our salvation. Verse eight. For by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And then, I mean, you read. Second Timothy 3, uh, down in verse 25, God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snares of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So that's just two examples that talk about, okay, the, the fact that you have faith in God, the only reason you have faith in God is because God granted it to mm-hmm. you. And then you just think about all the passages in John, we've... You know, we've been studying the Gospel of John. Jesus multiple times has said, uh, no one can come to me unless the Father draws him. And uh, my sheep hear my voice. You aren't my sheep, or um, sorry. You don't hear my voice because you're not my sheep. Because you're not my sheep. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was just last Sunday. So there's all of these verses that talk about, okay, uh, no, no human being just from their own 
you know, I just, I'm just going to do it on my own, would wake up one day and go, you know what? I'm, I think I'm going to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. No, the Bible's pretty clear that you get to that point because God is the one who opens your eyes and he he grants you faith and repentance and he like draws you. But there's be- this beautiful mystery where it's like, oh, okay, then I'm a robot and I have no choice. This is like, no, that's actually not the case. And I would even say like, you know, you talk about Calvinism, even Calvinists would say, you still woke up and you decided to follow Jesus. There's this tension where it's like, the only reason you decided to follow Jesus is because God gave you faith, but you still are responsible and accountable for the decision you made. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do those two things work? Sure. I have no idea. Because <laughs> yeah. they seem mutually exclusive. Well, it can't be. If God chose me, how can I choose him? I don't know, but that's what the Bible says. So, and an, an issue with that question, um, and the way it's often painted in our minds, is that you know God is sitting there saying, "You're in, curse you. You're in, curse you." Like on a like a on like some sort of a schedule where, if you consider the fall and original sin, and now you're all enemies of God. Yeah. So that would imply, did he curse? He, so it would be that he cursed humanity altogether at once, mm-hmm. but not like. An individual or like my dad for example whom i don't know where he's at i don't think god's holding this curse button down on him yeah. personally i think that so we're all even playing field at the beginning and i would i would venture to argue we're all being drawn towards god and there is this weird tension of those who are resistant for some reason because i i you know they're yeah we don't it is a gift but like Sometimes we're open to that gift, and sometimes we're like there are people who are walking like desiring something, mm-hmm. and others who are closed off and just not. Is that closed offness or that put offness a curse from God? I, I don't know, but um, yeah, I don't see. And I thought that for a long time. Like you're in, you're out, you're in. Like as an active schedule, it's like uh-huh. well, you are, you all uh, were enemies, and now some are being drawn, and yeah. Or all are being drawn and some are receptive or all gift is available for all and some chew. I don't know. Like it's a, it's a unique tension. Yeah. Yeah. I think the concept of, of there being like the elect and, and people choosing to, to follow Christ that are within the elect. It's, I think God does call his people. Right. So that would mean that there are people that don't get called. Yep. But I would also argue that the, that, um, like even Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, I think you're right that everybody has that, that built in inclination that there is more. But their own choice and their own free will affects whether or not they can recognize God as the creator and, and yeah. Jesus as Lord, right? Um, but I think that we we humanize God when we talk about this topic. Sure. Not saying, like, I, I think it happens, uh, as in, I think God does choose his elect. But I think that we humanize him and that we, if anyone's been to public school and got picked for a dodgeball game, you know, everyone knows what it feels like to be the last one picked, and everyone <laughs> Sorry, knows. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and everyone knows what it's like to be the person picking people, right? So I think that what we do is we we put our own moral failures on God's judgment, and forget that, like you said, we were on even standings from the very beginning. Yeah. Right. Since the curse, since the fall, we have been on 
an even even playing field. It's only because of Jesus that we can even be in the presence of God at yeah. the end, right? Yeah. So, so to say the question is like, if I don't have faith in God, am I cursed by God? No, you're just under the curse of sin. That's that was that's, from God. That's yeah. So by God. Well, yeah, I guess. Well, the effects of sin. I don't. When you read the curse in Genesis three, mm-hmm. um, you see outcomes of sin. But sin itself is the thing that led to death, and so I don't think God was like, "Okay, you sin now." Now, yeah, it's tricky to kind of was it is it a result yeah. of so, sin or is it God saying may, like, "Oh, because you did that, now this and that." And maybe the language around it could be that He's not like smiting you for. Yeah, I mean, He all does curse Adam and Eve and the and the snake. He does pronounce curses on them because of their decision for sure. But I mean, I mean, what I guess I was getting at is that, yeah, every every human being is under the curse of sin mm-hmm. um, until God opens their eyes and saves them. And even then, we still live in the effects of sin. the fall yeah. until Jesus returns. But again, I, I think it was Martin Luther who talked about this, his idea of you know, predestination and election and God choosing people. And it's kind of what you said. He said, it's not, it's not as if God looked at people and said, okay, Corlin, he's got potential. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, I think he would be, and then, okay, I'm going to choose you. Um, he, Martin Luther described it as every single human being is walking away from God. I, we all are born hating God. We hate him. And God then is just grabbing people and saying, no, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine. It, and it's based, it's nothing on us. God doesn't look at Cameron and go, yeah, I like him. He's got potential. That's the idea of unconditional election. It's not based on anything that we do. He doesn't yeah. look at, you know, your goodness, your potential. It's just, I don't, that's why when you're a Christian, you, you should say like, this is amazing. I can't believe that God would show grace to me. It's yeah. nothing about me. Like, this is unbelievable. I can't believe that God opened my eyes. Because it's not based on anything that we do, right? And yet, um, I'm held accountable for the decision I made to follow Jesus. So, right? And Romans 10 talks about everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, it's this kind of both and mm-hmm. tension. So, I guess to answer the question, like, if faith is a gift from God, is not is unbelief a curse from God? Yeah, it's just like, a, it, I don't know if it's worded correctly because you mm. could go yeah i guess so yeah. yeah i just don't think it's that active holding down the curse no. button like yeah. that had happened and now we're living in that result and and i'm even challenged by like i get and i read that like the idea we're all walking away and there's this selection but yeah there's like whoever calls you know what i mean like whoever mm. desires and so maybe the the appearance of an easy or you know the, the appearance of those who are like yeah, it was just so easy for me to like hear the call from God and others who struggle with it for a long time. It's like, yeah. well, does that person have a gift of faith and that it was easier for them? I don't know, because at some point, you know, our human condition is involved in our our, our receptance or our, our inclination to like being drawn towards something where others mm-hmm. it's like this long road. Like I do think of my dad right now where it's just kind of like this, hmm. this you know, he'll come on Sunday and he'll be touched and then he won't go for two years and he'll be okay. And, and so it's like, yeah, you're, and there's this kind of like tugging cause he has this conviction, but yet not this, like I'm all in like the, I have, I surrender to my flesh. I want to pursue righteous living. So that's kind of a weird space too. Yeah. I think stories like that are good cause we love to fit 
any kind of, of, uh, what's the word? Why is it slipping my mind? It's too early for this. Anyways. Any kind of, uh, like testimony, any kind of, when you're trying to like, uh, evangelize any kind of, how many syllables witnessing <laughs> 32, which <laughs> 32. <laughs> I'm kidding. But when you're trying to, to proclaim the gospel to someone, I think that's the important thing to remember with stories like, like your father is that our, you know, we love to fit stories like that where people would come to a saving knowledge of who Jesus is into tiny little boxes that look all the exact same, but we're not told to do that. We're told to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, right? Yeah. And so I think that our job as Christians then is to faithfully preach the gospel um, in hopes that someone will come to faith, right? Because it's not us that brings them to faith. It's not anything we say or do. Yeah. It would only be Christ. Um, so yeah, to, to remember that when we navigate these things from people wrestling with it for years to someone who comes to faith right away to, to people who don't come to faith is our, our job is to preach Christ crucified, Yeah, right? To love others as Christ has loved us. Um, I think too, like one of the things about knowing that God is sovereign and he will, he'll choose who he chooses. I have found that actually like incredibly comforting because I go one, um, I don't, I don't have to come up with, uh, really fancy arguments to, to Mm. try and persuade people. You know what I mean? It's, it's changed the way I pray for people. It's like, God, would you please grant them the gift of faith and repentance? I pray for my own kids like that. God, like, please just open their eyes. Like, mm-hmm. And then you still share Jesus with people, present the gospel. Mm-hmm. But I don't pull my hair out going like, ah, I didn't present it quite clear enough. Ah, how can I do this better? I just kind of go, I'm not the Savior. Like, Jesus is. And God will save who he saves. Mm-hmm. And yet, it's not this fatalistic, like... And then God will curse who we curse. I guess I don't. It doesn't matter. It's like no. Mm-hmm. And that's where, he, with kind of anything in Christianity, when you go way too far to the extremes, then you fall into the ditch. Like if you go way, way, way far down the road of like hyper Calvinism, then yeah, nothing you do matters. And you know, it's the doctrine of reprobation. God has already decided who's going to go to hell, and you just kind of go, well, then nothing I do in life matters. And I'm like, I think that's a ditch when you go way too far. But yet, when you go way too far the other way, uh, with Arminianism, then you get to like, okay, well, in order for, then maybe God doesn't know the future, and maybe he's not sovereign, and it's kind of this open theism, Mm -hmm. because we're trying to explain how, blah, 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 blah. And those both are ditches, and you just kind of, I have found, whether you're kind of like, you know, more leaning towards the Reformed Calvinism, or more the other, if, if you're kind of like trying to hold this middle ground... That, I found, is where Scripture often lands, because mm-hmm. there's passages you can use to quote both extremes, but it's like mm-hmm. you got to hold them in tension a little bit. So, All right, I think we answered that amazingly. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well done. Um, so hopefully that answered uh, this person's question, and uh, if not... Tell Corland and he can deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the second question we want to answer. Why are pro- progressive Christian views dangerous? 
C.S. Lewis has some really good quotes about progressive action being more about returning to the original path than it does about breaking trail. Do you have the exact quote? I think you, I do, actually. Okay. But if you haven't uh, yeah, heard lots, but this whole idea of progressive Christianity, it's this very popular movement in North America, and it's this idea of... Uh, it's connected to a little sometimes to like deconstructing our faith and we got to get past the white colonial you know european view of christianity and we got to you know deconstruct some views of hell and salvation and blah 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 and it's mm-hmm. this idea of like we're progressing it's 2022 we got to progress and things change and things adapt so what was that quote from lewis that you thought so c.s lewis has a book called mere christianity and in it he says uh let me just find the beginning of the quote progress means getting nearer to the place you want to be and if you've taken a wrong turn then to go forward does not get you any nearer if you are on the wrong road progress means doing an about turn and walking back to the right road yeah so i think c.s lewis would actually be saying the name progressive christianity and what they're saying they're doing is not right yeah so i don't know if he's saying like the way that you had sent the question, I thought you meant maybe C.S. Lewis was saying, like, progressive Christianity is good. We got to progress. But a better word would be, like, we need to always be reforming, which means we go back to the yeah. Bible. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what the Reformation was. The Catholic Church, the Martin Luther was like, you guys are way off. We got to yeah. go back to, like, what the Bible says. Repentance is progress. Uh, it, yeah, sure. Right. So then is progressive Christianity dangerous? Like, or is it kind of like, okay, maybe you guys are off a little bit, but <laughs> Cam gave that no, no, face. No, because um, it's, I think the way it's approached because our, you know, is the Bible the way it's written, presented, and, and taught progressive versus its origin? Some would argue yes. Um, I think there are elements of progressive Christianity right now that in spirit we're probably okay starting out like hey could we question some things like is it okay to like wrestle with some biblical truths or wrestle with some of the way that we do Christianity mm-hmm. yeah I think you should because you know there's really interesting um, there's really interesting things that can come out of studying the Bible but then studying the culture of the day and like what did it mean and we, we do that like we sure we challenge <clears throat> we question we contextualize mm-hmm. the Bible um, I think that some progressive Christianity or some progressive wings would look at you know and, it's, and we challenge it. I just spoke with a uh, an elder this past week who said you know I had some people over and these people live off the land they rely on their um, ability to prune so they pray to God God give me wisdom please bless this crop because if it fails they they don't eat or they lose their savings to, to buy food and mm-hmm. and he said I saw a very like environmental Christianity I've never considered uh, you know they're literally praying for wisdom as they prune their fruit trees because they need to produce harvest yeah yeah some people would look at that being like, ah, oh, it's a little wishy-washy. It's a little... Prog-. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't think so because, you know, s- circle back 3,000 years. Yeah, if you don't do well, if God doesn't bless your land, you're going to die or you mm-hmm. have to sell off some children. Mm-hmm. But we look at that now as progressive where 
that would actually be going back to roots. Like, are we actually going to be mindful of our land, our, our property, the way we interact with nature? Because that would actually be going back to yeah. the way it was. And, mm-hmm. But we look at that now as being a little wishy-washy and progressive because you should just be in church praying to God and it shouldn't be sure. pruning trees and, and praying to God that he blesses this tree. <laughs> Yeah, I guess my my big concerns with like the the whole like movement of progressive Christianity is that by and large it comes out of a distrust of the Bible mm. that there's parts in here that uh, and I've heard this lots from lots of progressive pastors and blah 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 blah. There's stuff in here that you know has been like used by colonial blah 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 and i'm like sure okay but to say that then it's like it's it's wrong rather than someone interpreted it wrong it's kind of an attack on the bible itself saying like i can't be in there and usually it's related to lgbtq stuff like no 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 love is love and we got to progress with that Mm -hmm. that i i haven't seen a progressive christian who isn't pro LGBTQ stuff. Mm-hmm. Someone who says, no, actually God's ideal is man and woman in marriage, lifelong mm-hmm. committed covenant. Uh, I haven't seen one yet. Usually it's like, well, no, 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 no. The church has done a terrible job and homosexuality is okay. And polyamorous relationships are okay. We got to progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually began, that uh, shouldn't say began, but like, I mean, if you remember Rob Bell years ago with his whole um, love wins, that mm-hmm. is a progressive view of hell. No, no, no. There's no such thing as hell. The, the verses that say hell don't actually mean that. Jesus never once talked about hell, and it's all this idea of, like, everybody makes it, the idea of universalism. That was kind of the point of Love Wins, that even if there is a hell, people have unlimited chances after they die mm-hmm. to, like, make it to heaven, which is a kind of, like, that's not what the Bible teaches. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's lots of other, I mean, there's, you know, Brandon Robertson, we've played a clip of him. He's a progressive Christian, I just saw a clip the other day. He took John 11 and Jesus calling Lazarus to come out. Well, he was oh, he was coming days. out. He was coming right. out of he was Jesus was telling Lazarus, "Be who you are." And it was all this like, "Sure. You guys, you're all in your tomb of straightness and you need to come out." And so there's like that's that's not what John 11 means. He was literally raised from the dead. He wasn't like metaphorically transitioning to being gay. He wasn't raised from uh, raised from straight into gay. So that's the dead. issue, though, is that it sh- the idea of like should we always be kind of examining our our beliefs and going, okay, is this like just a is this like a North American thing? Do I need to get back to what the word actually says? I think that's actually healthy. I think it's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the problem is when you start with a basis of like I don't trust the Bible. Um, then you get these kind of outcomes where it's like, oh boy. Even uh, David, our our church planner in Dawson, there's a, I'm using church loosely in quotes, that they meet and they're a bunch of disillusioned, disillusioned Christians and it's called the Contemplative Center. And they all just come and it's the idea of like, okay, church is evil, uh, the Bible, we can't really trust it, and we need to like progress to more modern and mm. it's the, exactly this. Okay, LGBTQ, there's no such sure. thing as hell. All, pa- all paths lead to God. And so there's a, a church in Dawson that believes all these things. So you kind of go, I don't, think you're, I don't think you can call yourself a, a Christian if you think that doesn't matter what you believe, everyone's going to heaven. 
and it doesn't Jesus ma- doesn't it, teach yeah that. it's just kind of like i don't i think you've gone beyond like uh a healthy examining of your beliefs right. and you've just kind of thrown out kind of some of the bedrock of like what christian belief is i think we yeah. ruin it though like <clears throat> the way we do missionary work the way we do evangelism and the way we look at um so lgbtq we talked in recent weeks about okay we hold firm to the to our our understanding of what god ordained is right sure but we don't use that as the lens to which we see and judge people through so someone's struggling yeah we would say they're struggling with their identity in sin they may not define it as sin it's not i don't believe it's our place you're living in sins but what the Bible would say is like, okay, we love that person. And now that's where it got a little wishy-washy about like, okay, well, love must mean full acceptance and, and, yes. and welcoming. No, no, love could be full welcoming and careful, considerate, sincere conversations that are not judgmental because mm-hmm. that's the tension that we and responsibility that we as Christians have to present ourselves as welcoming and loving, but not using that definition of welcoming and loving as, yes, whatever you believe is absolutely right. Yeah. And then... I really struggle with um, missionary work and its onset in the training, having done it, having lived in the study of culture for over a few years now. We don't ask as missionaries, God, what are you doing in this space? Hmm. God, how are you revealing yourself to these people in a way that they understand? Because that's what the Bible is. It's a revelation of God to the Israelites in a way that they understand. All of its stories, metaphors, What's beautiful is it can transcend culture and we can we can adapt also. But and it gets scary because this week I'm actually studying Sikhism, speaking on it tonight, and I could see problems, like big problems. But I also have a close friend who feels deeply convicted by the creator of the universe, God, and the lens which which she looks through is Sikhism, and it's challenging and it's and it's but we have really interesting conversations. I, I'm messaging her saying can I ask questions? Hmm. It's really interesting because I can see, I can see this hole, which through, I believe, relationship could actually be filled with this revelation of Jesus yeah. through scripture. But if I'm like, you're wrong, then that conversation's over. And I don't think as Christians, we're, we're comfortable in having relationship with people with different views because we're challenged and we get on the defense of our own. Like, can I represent the truth well enough? It's like, well, that's God's truth. It's not ours. I mean, mm. so we're, we're afraid of those conversations. But furthermore, um, it's like us saying that that entire region, that God doesn't exist there. It's like mm. that conflicts with how we believe about what we believe about God being omnipresent and all knowing and everywhere. Yeah. So I don't believe there's. Uh, so yeah, I'll get on. That's oh, a man, tangent he's... that you can go for a while. But yeah, yeah, yeah. someone I call that progressive. Oh, Cameron, you're you're walking along with the Sikh person and you're learning about their religious views and you're not apostolatizing to them at every moment yeah you're you're progressive it's like i don't know i think you're you're stagnant yeah yeah <laughs> it's an and, interesting tension yeah and i guess the the difference would be is that as someone who says like yeah i'm a progressive christian they would say there's no need for you to share your faith because she's going to heaven too it's right yeah. right there's the difference so or her truth I, is yeah oh exactly also, yeah her yeah. truth is just as valid as your truth and it's like okay so yeah that's the the difference a little bit yeah like, i think it's dealing with the the title as a label for certain christians mm-hmm. like if if you talk about progressive christianity it kind of points to a specific group of people right now mm-hmm. whereas i don't 
I don't think that progressing in your understanding of who Jesus is or in your ability to share the gospel yeah, yeah. is wrong, right? Sure. It's it's like C.S. Lewis's quote, if you're walking along and you take a wrong turn and you realize, instead of saying, well, if I keep walking down this path, I'm still going to get there, right? Yeah. If you turn down towards Vancouver and you're trying to get to Edmonton, it's going to take you a long time to get to Edmonton. In fact, you'll never get there, right? Yeah. It's more progressive to say, whoa, 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 we've done something wrong here let's go back to what the original plan was right Mm -hmm. so like you said to share the gospel in a loving way like we even see examples of paul doing that where uh i can't remember where it was but he sees that they have a a statue to the unknown god and he's like hey i i know who that is right and 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 meets them where they're at to present the gospel when we see jesus calling his disciples we don't see him ramming his his divinity into their lives and saying like you must believe this or you're going to hell we see him saying hey come check this out see who i am right come see for yourself and and we see people given the opportunity to make choices and and so it's interesting to to have that conversation then because i think you're right to to have a loving welcoming conversation where we invite people to know god in the sense of whether it's in how how we present the gospel or or even asking questions to try and help them to process logically where they're at. Yeah. I, I don't think that's wrong. I would agree, though. I think that we should progress to a point where we can do that as followers of Christ instead of just getting angry when someone believes something different than us. Yeah, and I think then it's like learning discernment. So when you, like people would ask like, so should I listen to like progressive preachers? And I'm like, probably not. It's probably not going to be beneficial to you. But even this week, someone texted me, hey, what's the deal with this Brian Zond guy? And I've heard of him before and he's one of these progressive, but they had Mm. listened to a sermon of his and they Mm -hmm. were kind of like, I don't know really, is this, something felt off. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, because you need to know that this is his background and so it might not bleed through well he preached about jesus well yeah because it might not bleed through everything but you need to know this is his worldview that x y and z with progressive stuff so i think it's learning discernment when you listen to people to go wait a second something seems off about that why does that seem off and then to like study and learn and go Yeah, I, I mean, I joke with people. I have a heresy section on my bookshelf because one, on one hand, I think it's helpful to 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 read and go, okay, there's people who actually believe this kind of sure. stuff. How would I how would I interact with someone like that? Um, so I don't think it, on one hand it's 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 good to just bury your head in the sand and go like I don't want to know about anything. Mm-hmm. But if you if you are someone who maybe doesn't have like a discerning just be careful because you yeah. might also go oh i didn't realize that there wasn't a hell we don't have sure. to worry about it. it's like oh, just be careful right i think yeah. someone <laughs> might call our church progressive in the sense because the we fe- have pews so we're good man. <laughs> yeah yeah we're good <laughs> and stained glass but the fear is that we go back and stick our mennonite heads in the sand oh, sure and only have this cookie cutter shape of what it would mean to be a christian and that's and we go and we, you know, we do our work and we go and hit the Bible over the head of the poor natives or the poor whoever. <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah. it's um, scary. And so I think we are somewhat progressive in that we love everyone, but we hold firm and we hold true to like biblical convictions that we will not waver in. Yeah. Um, but the way we express that is going to look different. And I think there would be even some people in our own community here that would be worried or like, what do you mean? Like, what yeah. do you mean it's okay to wrestle with that or to not know? Yeah. 
Um, Actually, it's funny. Two weeks ago, I I heard that we we are we have a, a we're called by some people the Pharisee Church. The Pharisee Church. <laughs> I haven't heard that yet. <laughs> Which makes me laugh because you're darn right we are. Put on your phylacteries and get uh, in here. <laughs> come, come to life group sometime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, yeah, I guess. Uh, that would be our answer. I think there, yeah, there's... We're progressive conservatives? We're progressive conservatives, yeah, man. <laughs> no, but there's, yeah, this whole, like, progressive Christian movement, I think, is dangerous because it is leading people yeah. astray from, like, what we would say is, like, historic Christianity. Like, the early church fathers didn't believe the kind of stuff that progressive Christians believe. The Bible doesn't teach the kind of stuff that they say, like... Oh yeah, it's fine to do whatever you want, and like, yeah, that's not that progressive. That's regressive. Out, and it's like, no, no, that's not what it means. It's not so, progressive. It's regressive. There you go. Boom. So hopefully that's helpful. And uh, like my hairline, <laughs> it's regressive, <laughs> like Corlin's hairline. <laughs> yeah, he said it. Not so is us. it a blessing or a curse? God bless with you hairline. with hair on your face. <laughs> yeah, and you bless me with hair on my head. Yeah, who's cursed? Who's blessed? Oh, that's a that's a great <laughs> illustration. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, now we want to do a little segment called the podcast cast react. <laughs> it never gets old. It's great. So before we dive into our clip, this this is a uh, just a funny clip that I found. We're not gonna. Well, I guess we'll react to it, but it's not the main clip. Sorry. Of course now. Instagram just ah oh, come on did the thing where it goes back to the top. Okay, here we go. We're the apostles who can't heal anything. When we prophesy, the lies abound. And if you ask us to heal anything, we'll just tell you. I'll be the fire. <laughs> What and were they yelling if, at And the if end? you ask us to heal anything, we'll just tell you, show me the money! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Oh. We're the apostles who can't heal anything. Oh, <laughs> my <God. laughs> yeah. I thought that was so funny. Okay, so... Um, oh, yeah, the Holy the Spirit's showing up to heal on Friday evening at 7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to walk you through the four easy ways. So um, we have two options here. So I'm going to play the oh. first clip, and we'll react uh, to that. Here's our buddy Joel. To show God that you're really humble. No, when you're poor, broke, and defeated, all that proves is that you're poor, broke, and defeated. It doesn't bring any honor to God. If I brought my two children up on the platform today and their clothes were all raggedy, worn out, holes in their shoes, hair not combed, you would look at me and think, what kind of father is he? It'd be a poor reflection on me. Listen, when you look good, dress good, live in a nice place, excel in your career, generous with others, that brings a smile to God's face. Oh, it brings him pleasure wow. to prosper you. I can't believe I never thought of that. So think about, uh, and that, I, that I doubt God. any homeless people go to Lakewood, but think about the homeless guy that decides to come in and I want to hear about Jesus and the preacher says, when you look good and you dress good, that shows that da, 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 da. And here's the guy that goes, Wrong. oh, I don't have any money to buy nice clothes like you, Joel. Not only that, he just knocked the God of the universe. You're not a good father. Yeah. Because some of your children here on earth are poor. 
and yeah. don't dress well and don't have something. Yeah. So God is not a good father is what that. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't realize that. Like, so it's just mind, oh mind boggling. Or God is only a father to those who have the ability. Because if it, you miss the beginning part, but at the beginning he says like. To show God that you're really humble. No, when you're poor, broke, and defeated, all that proves is that you're poor, broke, and defeated. I think he was using the, like the false example that like the people that are like poor and broke, they say, oh, well, like God's just like humbling me. And he says, no, when you're poor, broke, all you're proving is that you're poor and broke and yeah. like defeated. And it's like, well, like think about Job. I think sometimes prosperity preachers forget about the book of Job Entirely. because God allowed Job to become poor, broke, and defeated in order yeah. to like prove that he is God and do you trust me through this? Furthermore, but, God approved the death of his family. Yeah. yeah. And so then prosperity pr- preachers would look at Job and go, well, you being poor, broken, defeated, all you're proving is that, right? It's just, it's such bad logic. And I just think about like, this has happened before uh, at our church where people have said like, we need to encourage people to like dress nicer for church. <laughs> And I just kind of, I pushed back and I said, like, think about that. Think about a poor single mother who wants to come to church and her kids' pants have holes in them. Are we really going to, are we really going to say, in order for you to come to church, can you get your kids a what better pair of pants? about the rich people that buy pants with lots of holes in them? Yeah, well, there's that <laughs> like, ridiculousness. They're just nice because But it's we that idea when he says, like, when you look nice and you dress nice, you're mm-hmm. showing that God takes care of you. It's like... Well, what you're doing then is you're alienating anybody from a lower income that wants to come to your church the because literal, then they just feel like, well, I guess I'm not good enough. The to like, literal difference is the rich people paid for the holes in their pants. The poor people <laughs> actually just got them. He's, he's still on the people who pay for We're moving on, Corlin. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that really bothers me when it's like, uh, and I have, I've had conversations with people here like, you know, well, when we come to church, we should look our best. And I'm like... I com- I completely disagree because yeah. what you're doing then is you you're making like an economic now all you people who can't afford to look your best sorry you probably shouldn't come to church out then. of respect for God it's like, and I'm yeah, like okay. I I would hope that we would have and sorry about the phrase but like you know smelly homeless people you would hope that those types of people would come to church and not yeah. just be like oh it proves that you're not blessed by God like. Yikes. There was some pastor that did that as an exercise, remember? Like, yeah, James uh, McDonald. Yeah. He sat homeless. outside oh, in, yeah, in this disguise yep. and just to see how people would react. And then the service started and he came in and like took off his disguise and was like, it was me the whole time. Yeah, yeah, every yeah. single one of you walked past. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit of a challenge, yeah. So again, it's just one of those clips that makes me sad when I go, you know, here's a stadium of people who are like, oh yeah, when I... When I'm rich and I have uh, nice clothes and a big house, that means that God's blessing me. It actually it might it, it might be a curse. Was, wasn't it his wife that was like, when you're happy, God's happy? Yeah, like, it was like, when you come to church, you're not doing it for God. You're doing it for yourself because it makes you feel good. And when you feel good, God's happy. So come and worship for yourself. It's like, oh, gosh. So just another example of... Just really bad theology coming from a really nice guy that, yeah, he just sounds so nice. And even the example that he gave of his kids, like if I brought my kids up here and they looked 
all messy. It'd be a poor reflection on me. I'm like, buddy, I don't, I don't think you realize what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> like what you said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't follow the God of the universe. He's a bad father. Yeah. And don't look at Africa where like people are literally starving and dying and poor. That's a bad reflection on God. It's like also guaranteed eesh. if he did that, he'd go and buy them like full out, like multi-thousand dollar costumes to look raggedy instead of just going to the thrift store for like two dollars because it's joel osteen so like anyways there you go that was a fun clip we're the apostles who who can't can't heal heal anything anything. (laughs) anyways that's been uh, episode 73 and uh, as always if you do have like questions or things you want us to talk about you can message us or uh send us a tiktok or a snapchat just kidding that's (laughs) Corland. he's the the younger guy and uh yeah we'll talk to you next week